Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. My name is Tommy, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my dad, Matt. Dad, we're going to the playoffs. How you doing? That's what I was about to say. Now we can talk playoffs. Playoffs? Yes, playoffs. playoffs. Oh, yeah. Jim, Jim Mora? Jim Mora? Mora of some kind. We Jim are going Mora. to the playoffs, and by we, I mean the Packers, because we are we. Packers win 17 to 9 over the Bears in week 18 in Lambeau Field to go to the playoffs. They will be playing the Cowboys on Sunday in Dallas. Mike McCarthy, tons of narratives for that game. We can't wait to talk about pregame for that, but we mostly can't wait to talk about this game because, Dad, this was an exciting game. The score doesn't make it seem like it, but it really was an exciting game, I promise, if you watched it. Um, it was a little a little hair-raising, a little nail-biting there for the Packers for a little bit. But we're going to be talking all about it, performers of the game, what we liked from the offense, what we liked from the defense, what we didn't like from the offense, what we didn't like from the defense, what we didn't like from the special teams. But uh, <laughs> before we get into any of that, if, if you like what you hear today, I like your very meaningful pause there. If you like what you hear today, come give us a follow on Twitter at Father Son Packer. We tweet out when we have articles, or sorry, we tweet out when we have episodes out, uh, stats that we find when we're researching for these episodes, articles that we find interesting by other Packers content creators, videos we find interesting by other content creators, uh, pieces of Packers news like injury reports and movement, uh, roster moves, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. One stop shopping for everything Title Town. So come give us a follow there once again on Twitter at Father Son Packer, and then subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We even put all our episodes out on YouTube as well. If you want to check us out there, if you subscribe to us there, it would really help our numbers. But yeah, subscribe, comment, rate, review. We'll respond. We try to respond to most comments we see. Uh, we're not always the best at checking our notifications, but we're doing better. In 2024, that is a resolution. But dad, let's get to this game. 17 to 9. Let's just do kind of a throwback gut check. How did this? How did you feel during this game? Because I was uh, tense. I was a little tense, but I mostly felt pretty good. And uh, based on my must be like, you didn't yell at the TV. You didn't yell so much during this game. It's like, because I, I, what I said to her was like, most of the plays were in the Packers' favor. And also if this you, game it, was dummy quick. This game was like a It was super quick. It was like the Packers barely got a third possession in in the first half. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of the Chiefs game a little bit, where it's just like, both these teams are just going to have the ball like six minutes of drive at this point, and like we're going to, and it was only like six drive game each. It was kind of like wild. six minutes of constant running clock. It's like a soccer game. Yeah, I mean, that was the other thing, was there wasn't a penalty until like the third quarter called, and so the clock yeah. was just running and running and running. Um, but and, no, and yeah. not that many incomplete passes, lots of, lots of running plays, not that many incomplete passes for the Packers for sure. Oh, we're going to talk all about what a game from Jordan love. We're going to talk all about that. Um, before we get into any more of the fun stuff though, just a couple of, you know, notes on the injury updates for this game pregame, uh, Christian Watson, uh, was declared to be out inactive in this game. That is, um, despite being questionable coming into the game, uh, him saying he expected to play, um, them saying that the lack of practice on Friday was, you know, that was part of the plan. They were going to give him that day off. Dad, what do you think happened there where, you know, he wasn't active? Do you think it was, you know, he's not physically ready to play? Or do you think it was, hey, you know, we know what we're getting out of, you know, Malik Heath, Bo Melton, and these other players who are playing really well in his absence. And we know they're like the physically 100% ready and maybe a 95, 90% Christian Watson, maybe you know, maybe we just want to wait and give him another week. What do you think happened there? Do you think maybe he had a flare up in warmups? I think he was just not quite ready. Um, there'd be no reason to sit him out on the last game of the year. Well, if if they thought he could go, if they thought he could go. I mean, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So it just seems like and the maybe all that thing about the plan being planned not to practice on Friday is just all smoke. Yeah, just to throw the bears off the scent maybe a little bit. Yeah, yeah. it certainly could be. Um, but yeah, definitely a weird one uh, for me because I, I really expected him to play until they um, activated DeBose, who actually was interestingly also inactive in this game. That's the thing that really surprised me is that neither one of them played. To me, that was that was a that must have been for DuBose a scenario of like, we're not sure how Wicks slash Reed are going to feel in yeah. warmups, and we're just going to have you here just in case because we can't like do it last minute. We just need to have you here in case we need they, you. That Yeah, they must have been worried that somebody else besides Watson was going to miss the game. Yeah, but I thought well. that was interesting. And then in-game, uh, Zach Tom hurt his hand, had to get it wrapped, was kind of rotating in and out of the game. Um, 
with Josh Nyman at right tackle. Not great. Um, but, you know, he still played a good segment of the game and was coming in and out. It was a weird situation and something we're definitely going to have to keep an eye on this yeah. week because, you know, that Dallas pass rush along the edge is formidable with uh, Mike Parsons. But, yeah, so hopefully Zach Tom's okay. And then the other injury yeah, I in think game... he ended up playing like 80% of the snaps. Okay, well, that's good at least. That's a good that's a good portion because he yeah, he ended up with that hand injury pretty early on in the game. I think it was like the first or second yeah. drive. He he, um, he played 48 of the 60 snaps. Okay, okay. So hopefully, you know, give it a week and he's back to maybe 100%. But yeah, uh, Romeo Dobbs also injured in this game, chest injury, probably on that pass into the end zone. That was his only target on the day. Um, went to the hospital after coughing up blood, as reported by John Cooley <laughs> on the sideline. Uh, so that that's kind of scary. That can't be good. Yeah, uh, can't imagine that's good at all. Um, but was back for the post-game celebration and is now day-to-day, so it seems like that yeah. hospital check-in was, you know, A-OK, just precautionary. I, yeah, I, I imagine one of the things they were checking him for would be, like, a collapsed lung. Yeah. I did a quick x-ray, but, you know, that wouldn't necessarily explain coughing up blood. Yeah. Um, well, the other So I don't I, think we haven't heard, and we probably will never hear, what it actually is. But it just well, maybe other- it was giving me vibes about the, the Luke Musgrave injury. Yeah. Well, the other thing for, you know, coughing up blood could be, you know, hitting the lungs, have a cough, maybe also bit your tongue because your head got slammed into the turf that hard. And then, you know, blood in the mouth, you're coughing, just want to be extra careful, you know? I hope that was all the, all it was. We'll see. Day to day, you know, sounds encouraging anyway. Yeah, that's at least encouraging. But dad, enough of some of the down news. Let's talk about this game because this game otherwise was incredibly exciting. Um, for the Packers, you know, to come out with the victory here, 17 to nine, to go nine and eight, to make the playoffs after you failed to make the playoffs last year is, you know, a very exciting thing for this team. Let's start though with the biggest moment of this game. And we do that by ESPN win probability. We do that by, you know, just kind of objectively what uh, swung the win probability the most in this game. That was the 59 yard pass and run to Jaden Reed down the left sideline in the fourth quarter that moved the Green Bay win probability from a 75% chance, a 75.2% chance to be specific to an 86.7% chance for an increase of 11.5%. So that was the biggest play of the game. Um, Dad, let's start talking about the offense though. And Let's start with what they're saying. And I just wanted to, you know, we threw this in because it was a fun quote about the offense. Usually we include quotes from Green Bay players and coaches in this one. Uh, But this was just too good to pass up. Uh, Jaquan Brisker, the Bears safety after the game, um, was asked, you know, about the about the Packers, about their the Bears defensive performance after giving up, uh, you know, 300 over 300 yards of passing in this game. Uh, Quote. This is a brisker quote. Quote, I felt like we could have tightened up on the receivers a lot more than we did today. We gave them too much room, and I really have no respect for them at all, just to be honest. And then when asked why he had no respect for them at all, follow up, quote, no one's over there. No respect. They have no stars over there. Which, amazing. Just amazing quote to drop after you've had 300 yards hung on your head. It's truly fantastic. Uh, Aaron Jones and, and I love Aaron Jones' response on Twitter. Oh like, yeah! Isn't it his job to cover them? Should have been an easy day at work, right? We got no one over there. That was a quote, by the way. Uh, yeah, that was that what was... Aaron Jones responded on Twitter. Um, I think Preston Smith also had a response on Twitter. You can go find that. I think we retweeted it. But yeah, hilarious tweet because the Packers passing game absolutely carved up the Bears in this game. And let's start with Jordan Love. Let's start with good things on offense. Just an effing masterful performance from Love. Keep in mind, with all the things that we're saying, um, yes, you know, the Bears were missing uh, Jalen Johnson in this game. You know, he's very good, very good corner in the league. But at the same time, they were first in EPA per play on defense over their last. So this is over their last seven games in their five and two stretch. They were first in EPA per play, first in EPA per dropback, second in dropback success rate. And we talked all week, you know, they were seventh in weighted DVOA. They had really been playing good defense coming into this game. And Love just absolutely carved them up like it was it was clinical he was 27 of 32 for 316 yards and two touchdowns just five incompletions on the day two of those incompletions we retweeted video jacob morley on twitter is an awesome follow he tweeted videos of this were it not you could argue they were drops uh they were in the receiver's hands you could also argue they would have been very tough catches i always have a hard time you know calling something a drop when i would have been like wow what a catch if it had been caught but two of them were arguably i would say his best throws of the day 
in the throw to Melton, or the first one was the throw to uh, Dobbs. He's moving right and throws back across his body left, and Dobbs almost has it and gets it punched out. Um, that's the play that Dobbs got hurt on, we think. And then Melton, you know, they called it a touchdown on the field and for some reason overturned it. There were some weird things in the replay review room in this game all over the place. It was odd. I w- if they just applied the same standard as they did two minutes earlier on the DJ Moore. What um, standard? Catch. What consistency? <laughs> there, we, didn't even, we didn't even get to see a replay and we were watching on TV. Um, but yeah, so th- I would say two of his five incompletions were actually two of his best throws on the day. And then if for anyone else wondering, the other three incompletions were... A quick out to Wicks on his second throw of the game. One he essentially threw over Melton's head at the end of the first half with 25 seconds in the clock running. That's when they converted that. Um, I believe that was when they converted that third down to Kraft and he stayed in bounds. They like tackled him before he got out of bounds. And so it was essentially yeah. just a throwaway. Where he, he did just, throw it away. It's almost like a spike. Yeah, he just threw it over Melton's head. And then the third one was a shot to um, dot the shot to Heath that Heath that Loki almost a pick, but the end of half where he threw oh, it where into the Heath, end zone. He plays uh, defensive back and pries it out of the uh, defender's hands. Yeah. So for those of you keeping track at home, five incompletions. Two of them were his best throws, like arguably his best throws of the day. Two were just like pretty much throwaways, and one was like a pass early in the game. He only had one incompletion in the second half, and it was the Bo Melton, like almost a touchdown. That's insane. That's an insane day. To go into some more stats, um, these are per NFL Fast R. In terms of quarterbacks in Week 18 who played at least 10 plays, he was 7th in the league in EPA per play, 2nd in success rate, 4th in completion percentage over expectation, 7th in EPA per dropback, 3rd in dropback success rate, and then 4th in EPA per pass attempt. You know, a lot of those EPA numbers are actually even being pulled down by the fact that the real, only one mistake he really made, I mean, you could argue the throw at the end of the first half that was almost picked was not a great decision, but, you know, it is what it is. But the real only big mistake he had was the fumble um, that kind of breathed some life back into the Bears. Shout out the defense for, you know, getting a stop there and forcing a field goal. But he really shouldn't have ever had to run that because he had checked to a pass play. He was looking left and no one turned. No, th- and no three, one Three moved. receivers over there and not a single and one all, turned around and looked have- back a free like cut to the outside which is what i think he was looking for and he's like about to throw it and then he realizes no one's coming out of their break and he's like he sees all the linemen going downfield so you know if if everyone else is on the wrong play you could argue maybe love messed up the the call there um you know <laughs> you fair like, enough. That, like that quarterback down sneak <laughs> yeah if 10 if 10 other guys are doing one thing maybe um but so he's forced to run it because there would it be illegal player downfield um if he were to throw it even and so that that's a that's his big negative play on the day, and he never really should have been in that position to begin with, honestly. Third down specifically, he was nails in this game. Um, they faced ten, the Packers faced ten third downs and converted on seven of them. All ten of them were Jordan Love dropbacks, despite four of them being three yards or fewer, which I think just shows, you know, how much weight they're putting on his shoulders and how much faith they have in the, they have in him with that coaching staff on third down. Love was 7 of 8 for 76 yards and two touchdowns. His only incompletion being the drop the drop touchdown, quote-unquote, to Melton. Um, and the other two dropbacks he had on third down were a sack and then the scramble that he had. So very insanely successful on third down in this game. Um, no one in the league with at least five third down, like, attempt... Uh, the five third down plays, five third down dropbacks, uh, that's amongst 33 different players, had a higher success rate. And despite that fumble on third down, he still had the eighth highest EPA per, EPA per play on third down this week. So just a great performance in him uh, from him. He was PFF's highest graded passer on the week for whatever you want to put weight wise into that by a wide margin. The gap between him and second was as big as the gap between second and eighth. And, you know, I know like, you know, a good amount of the, the better quarterbacks in the league, the counter argument is we're not playing this week because their teams had, you know, playoffs wrapped up, but still an incredibly dominant performance from Love Dad in a game they had to win and a game that he like the numbers are insane. And honestly, he might have been even better than the numbers. Yeah, because a lot of those throws, it didn't matter if there's pressure in his face like the first down to uh, Jones, maybe on the first possession. Moving right, throwing left, you know, finding space, hitting receivers in stride. The accuracy he had today was really, really good. It was nuts. 
I mean, it's the maybe could, his best best of the year of having accuracy on the move. Didn't matter if he was running right, throwing left. Didn't matter if he was off his back foot. Didn't matter if he jumped in the air. The, the throws are all on target, except for maybe the maybe the one to um the one Wicks to Wicks on like the, the second the first, play of the game. He missed yeah, him the wide. second play of the game. Yeah, but after that, after that, he was just on fire. I mean, I struggle to think of. Like what his best throw of the game was? Was it either of the ones to Melton or Dobbs that were incomplete? Was it the one to Reed and the hole shot down the left sideline? It wasn't technically the turkey hole, but it was like pretty much the turkey hole as he's oh, drifting left. That, was that to Reed? There's oh no, the, the turkey, the one to Reed, the one was to the Reed long that one. went for like sixty yards. Yeah, yeah. I actually my favorite pass that was was the one to Melton on the their drive in the second half for their, their yep. second TD drive. Right over Kyler Gordon's hands and in front of Terrell Smith. It's like was just that, over the – it's on the left side. He had another really good one to Melton that went for like 40 yards. I think at the end of the first half that would have like set them up for that field goal. The one where Melton just keeps running and running and running. Because I thought the one that you're talking about you was – You mean the up the race. middle? No, it was on the left hash. Um, but then you have other plays like the one to Tucker Craft at the end of the game. Um, that to ice the game where he's yes. rolling out he, with the guy on his heels and puts it right yep. in Kraft's hands. You have the one to read on third and two from their own 14 where he just throws. That was also at the end of the game. It was the third down before that Kraft third down where he hits that third and two to read as he's streaking, you know, across the field from left to right. I mean, there was just throw after throw after throw in this game that were just insane. He was playing out of his mind. I've, I, it's probably his best performance of the year, I would say, um, especially considering the fact that the Bears had a pretty good pass defense coming into this game. I mean, just sensational. Uh, and the young pass catchers in this game, Dad. Jaden Reed, four catches for 112 yards on four targets, including that huge third down catch on third and two from Green Bay Zone 14 on the final drive of the game. Just the second Packers receiver with 100 yards on the season. Um, amongst the Packers, he led the team in yards, air yards, yards after catch, EPA per target and success rate. Those are per NFL fast R. And he was second in the league in week 18 in yards per target. He was fourth in receiving yards and he was ninth in EPA per target. So an awesome game from Reed. And then Wicks, six catches for 61 yards and two touchdowns on seven targets, was the only player for Green Bay to get into the end zone in this game and led the team in receptions. The route on the first touchdown, I mean, he he just had the corner completely guessing. He, he Yeah, he, he put him in the blender. Yeah, it was it was very very mean. It was bullying. Um, it was especially meaningful to him. Apparently, they reported after the game that it was actually the birthday of one of his uh, former Virginia teammates who lost their life in that tragic shooting. Um, so he was very emotional after the game and during the game. And uh, per Pack Daddy on Twitter, he ended up ending the regular season as PFF's twenty fourth highest graded receiver amongst all receivers, not just, you know, not rookies, not rookies and second years, all receivers. He was their 24th highest graded receiver on the season, which is pretty crazy. Uh, and then Bo Melton, five catches on seven targets for 62 yards, second on the team in yards, second on the team in air yards per NFL fast R. I'd argue his touchdown catch was a catch. Um, and then, so that was the only incompletion when they targeted him. And he also had two carries for 14 yards. They're giving him design touches, which is kind of crazy for a guy who was yeah. a bit of an afterthought. And just I'd like to tag into a couple of those for Melton, I really liked how much how he's fighting for extra yards. I think on, on the the run he got looked like he was going to be stopped short and was able to push through for a couple extra yards for first down. I think he had like two of those mm-hmm. where he um, runs through contact for extra yards for first downs. And then Wicks, you know, this week he was 16th in the league in PFF receiving grade, and you know, in addition to his. Jukes, you know, while he's trying to get open, he's also with the ball in his hand. He left, I think it was Eddie Jackson. Did you, you see? Know, did you see the, the remix that, that they made of him? <laughs> no, do you know I have the not. One, do you it's know like one, one of those where he like goes flying. Does the flying into, into space. space move? Yes, they made okay. the exact flying into space. I could just see which, which, which one they would <laughs> use that, uh, that they used on uh, Jalen Ramsey when... Uh, oh, so funny. Yeah, when Rodgers... They did that when Rodgers scored over the pump fake. But I could see that would be the perfect one to use. Classic... It never doesn't make me laugh that like any of those edits, they, they never fail to make me laugh. Um, dad, what other any other positives on offense? I mean, there's a lot to talk about. Do you want to talk any more about yeah. Jordan Love or any of his throws? Do you want to move on to maybe the run game? Because it was very impressive. So I had. Yeah, I, I, I think I've already like chimed in a little bit on on what I thought of uh, Love and um, 
Melton and Wicks that I had, but I need to do a shout out for Aaron Jones. It's his third hundred yard rushing game in a row with 111, and it was also over five yards per carry. Um, with uh, and, he, and then he added five catches for 30 yards. It was the first time in his career with 300 yard games in a row. His only other time with two in a row was at the end, the last um, four weeks of 2019, when he ended the season with three out of four over 100. Um, he really looked fast out there, you know, hitting the hole and and going field. And they said during the broadcast that he's like the fastest of his career, or like the fastest they've ever clocked him in practice. So it's like 21 miles per hour. I think I something this. like that. That's kind of fun. That's a fun poll. They were talking. Yeah. They're talking about that at one point about how uh, he looked faster and they were some, some measured speed, which maybe was, maybe was in practice. Um, he was third in the league among all running backs in week 18 with seven missed tackles forced according to PF by PFF's grading and had the eighth best running back receiving grade, catching all five of his targets. Speaking um, of players fighting for extra yards, I mean, yeah, they had nothing, and and nothing more emblematic than that second and nine run to to end the game, where they had him two different times, and he just wanted he had a couple it more. times where I was like, I thought he was going to lose two yards, and he and he ended up gaining like six he, on multiple occasions. He looked like you know I think a lot of them did, but he looked like he was really thinking about how last year ended, and he was not going to let it happen again, especially to the Bears. And I yeah. mean, we it, it's a great way to bookend the year because you know. Week one, dominant. It's like Aaron Jones' show versus the Bears. And then week 18, in many ways. I mean, Jordan Love, I think, was the, the story of this game, but it, only because he played so spectacularly. Aaron Jones was excellent once again, just as good as he was week yeah. one. And, and this week, he was third in the league with eight first downs, um, eight rushing mm-hmm. first downs. Plus, he had another two receiving first downs. And so he carrying, finished second in the whole league with uh, first downs on the week. And carrying the load. He was the only running back for Green Bay to get a carry in this game. Yep. Patrick Taylor came in there for a couple of snaps of pass pro, basically. Yeah. I don't know why they don't give Taylor the ball. I feel like he's looked fine when they've handed it off to him, when he remembers to go out of bounds. We'll talk about that later. About I guess they just feel like Jones is fresh right now, and he can handle a big workload. I mean, and also, it could be your last game of the season. Like, what are you, what are you yes. saving him for? Like, so just go out there and get, get the yards. Why get the send your second best running back? If you could send yeah. in your best running back. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but no, Jones was fantastic in this game. I mean, do you have like on hand his yards after contact per attempt? Like it's got to be insane in this one. Um, um, I can talk a little bit more about some other things that were great in this game. Um, uh, the play calling was really good. Um, I thought that the blocking was quite good. I thought Zach Tom pretty much handled Montez Sweat the whole game. And they did a really good job having Kraft chip for him tucker craft has become a i'm not going to say elite but like very good run blocker just in the course that, of a season which is crazy like the to first, think about their first possession when he comes around and seals the edge on the outer defender not even going when he like gets around the left him. side yep i know he, what you're he, talking he, about. he gets around the and, and seals that edge up for the actually it was like beautiful run blocking play he made there yeah so they had they had Jones only for three point eight two yards after contact per attempt. That's not, pretty, not super that's crazy. A ton. Isn't four? It's, it's it's a lot if it'd be like for the year, but yeah, yeah. On a one week basis, there are some other people. Like I remember looking at this. Some other people had like some crazy numbers because he didn't have any like you know fifty yard run after breaking one tackle. That's kinda, the thing. I think run. his I think his uh, median yards after contact per attempt. Is is probably also very high because I I do think a lot of times those yards after contact per attempt you know they're oftentimes skewed by like a couple like break attack. All you need is like to break yards. one break one tackle exactly. at the line of scrimmage and go f- and, and and house it. But he was getting three to four extra yards on almost every single run, which yes, was there are times where I was like, as, oh, I, I see him going to the pile and they're like, wait a minute, he came out the other side. I didn't think there's any space in there. And we talked about, you know, the Bears' run defense. We, t- we talked a lot about the Bears' defense during their seven-game stretch of, like, how well they'd been playing. Their run defense had been good all season long, regardless of whatever split you wanted to pick. So they had been a, a very solid run defense for a majority of the year. And Jones just took it to them. And, and shout-out to the Packers' offensive line. I mean, we had been griping about, you know, their run blocking for, like, two years now. And they've at least done better at it the past, you know, three weeks. Um, they've certainly ran the ball quite well, but dad, there were definitely some, you know, negatives on offense. Are there any other positives you wanted to talk about before we touch on a few negatives? 
I think I got all my my notes in there about uh, mostly it was about Wix Jones and a few things added in about love. Yeah, um, I'm just trying to think about... I have about, some bad things. Do you, you have a few bad things? Yeah, I just want to, you know, it was such a good game. I want to just make sure that I'm exhausting all of the positives. Uh, Walker, I thought, played quite well in this game. And I didn't notice Myers, so that's a plus. Um, beyond that, yeah, I would you say... You mentioned the run blocking. This was their best run blocking grade of the season by PFF grade. I mean, I believe it. It was certainly, I think, their most important, uh, impressive, impressive game running the football for sure. Uh, but some negatives in this one. Uh, the main one for me is, you know, the execution at the end of the first half. Procedurally, so many just mental mistakes. Um, at the end of the first half, I had three. I have three things. Number one, most of the league would agree when you have two timeouts and the opponent is, you know, clearly going to kick a field goal. You should probably take the timeout with Chicago running the clock. And the the so the idea is it is better to have one fifty and one time one forty five and one timeout than like one fifteen and two timeouts. And the idea I mean, is well the idea is the opponent will always you hurrying up to snap will take less time than the opponent taking all the time they can to snap. Right. So like if you take yes, the time you have out- one less timeout. But you will always, you are going to be faster than that snap, like that they're taking. So just yeah, it, take it, the timeout. It's, it's simple math. If you take a timeout when they have the ball, you're going to save 40 seconds because it's going to run the whole game, um, game clock down. And you can get a playoff in, even if you take your time, even if you take your time, like 20 seconds. Yeah. It's just, you're saving more time by taking the timeout on the opponents when the opponent has the ball. That's number one. Number two, Kraft, my guy. You have to get out of bounds there both times. The second time, obviously, is not his fault. And also, it's like you're trying to get a first down because it's third and one, and you're trying to get into field goal range. And he's fighting for that end line or fighting for that sideline. So that's not that bad. But the first time when he just cuts it right back inside, I was like, no, no, no. What are you doing? Don't do that. And so they they do that. And then three, LaFleur, why are we effing around trying to get an extra four yards and like run the (sighs) clock out? When the risk reward is, the risk is you get tackled in bounds, which happened, and they ran out of time and did not get to kick it, or you throw a pick or turn the ball over, etc. And the difference is a 40-yarder versus a 37-yarder. If that difference matters, you need a new kicker. That was like, just such a... I, yeah, I was so angry at that play at the time. It was one of the few plays I was angry at during the game. And Romo was calling it before it actually happened, and I'm like... No, that's a terrible idea. Why would you do that? Because he's saying, oh, this is what they should do. No, you either throw it to the end zone because from whatever they were, the 25-yard line, yeah, it probably would take you seven or eight seconds. If it's incomplete, you still got three seconds left. It was the 22-yard line. You just got to make sure line. you take a sack. It was the 22-yard line because it would have been a 40-yarder. I looked at it, and so they got it to the 19 instead. And, yeah, so- and so it's like it's if the difference between a 40 and a 37-yarder to you is worth that risk, then you have the wrong kicker. That's that's yep. all that means. And I would have at least know, respected it if they went for a touchdown. Yeah, at that point, screw it. And the thing is, if your other argument is like, oh, we didn't want to give them the clock, like any time on the clock back. If you think five seconds <laughs> is too much for them, you have the wrong <laughs> special teams coordinator or defensive coordinator. Like it's not worth the risk. And it and it almost well not almost, but they blew that for three points. They took, you know, I mean, the sack was a pretty good play by, you know, the Bears. I think it was Walker beating Walker, Demarcus Walker beating Rasheed Walker, I believe. Um, But, you know, they get knocked out of field goal range there. This game, like, should have been 13-6 or maybe, you know, 17-6 if they had been able to score a touchdown on that Dobbs one at half. And instead, you go up into half one point up with, you know, the Bears having all that momentum because they just, you know, pulled a fast one on you and tricked you. And and you didn't score any points, even though you drove it down the field. And so they're lucky, not lucky, but that it's good that they kept it up in the second half and, you know, kept the pedal to the metal and the offense kept ticking. But if it hadn't and the Bears had pulled ahead, we would have been, you know, thinking about and just bemoaning the fact that they just gave points away two different times in the first half. And the second yeah, time at it, the end of half is the one that like really sticks out. And you're really able to be like, these three things are all massive red flag decisions. What were we thinking here? Yeah. I mean, that's just, you, you really have to stay away from bad process. And what they did yeah. at the end of the half was just bad process. 
the missed field goal, it's like, yeah, that's just a, yeah, a, a misplay. I just messed up the play as opposed to making bad choices. And the thing Try is, to like, avoid making the, bad choices. Not taking the timeout on Chicago, that's like, there's no pressure there. Like, you're not on a time crunch or anything. Like, you should know that that's what you should do. And then... Because they still Kraft had two timeouts at that point. They had two timeouts. They would have had another timeout still. Kraft not running out of bounds, like, he's a rookie. It is what it is. It hurts, but he's a rookie. But Matt LaFleur, like, come on, man. Lock in. Let's lock in there. We had to win that game. We still did. But if we hadn't, there would have been a lot of questions about what happened there at the end of the first half. Um, any other negatives on offense, Dad? So I had a few things. Yeah, basically, the missed opportunities. So basically, two lost field goals, a miss, and a failure to even get an attempt. And not converting the uh, the like two of the contested catches in the end zone. What it led to was the Packers didn't score as many points as you would have expected for the amount of yardage they got for the season. They're they've averaged 15 yards per point per team rankings dot com, which is right about league average, like 15 and a half. And in this game, it took them 25 yards for each point because of the missed opportunities. Now they still. What's interesting is because. 17 sounds really low, but there were so few possessions in this game. They still scored 2.42 points per drive, which would be seventh in the league this year, and is actually almost a quarter of a point more per drive over their season average. Um, there were just so few possessions in this game, only seven for Green Bay and six for Chicago. So yeah. I slipped in a little bit of positive in there I mean, at the end of that. Uh, but but uh, yeah, the so they, is, weren't as fit, they weren't very efficient with their yardage in the end because of missed opportunities. Yeah, missed opportunities. I mean, you only go two for four in the red zone, I believe. Like, that's not great. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't want to, like, I don't really want to end on a negative for the offense. The offense was great. I mean, you have 430 yards of offense. You have 308 yards net passing. You give up only one sack on the day. You also yeah. tack on another 124 yards rushing on 4.6 yards of carry. I mean, it was it was a stomping on offense that 17 points really does not show. Um, moving on to some things we were thinking about, though, or things that made us think, some things we have questions about. Uh, the one that I had for the offense was Bo Melton in this game led all wide receivers on the team in offensive snaps per PFF with 45 snaps uh, and was getting, you know, design touches for him, you know, carries. So... Where does he factor in on the uh, wide receiver depth chart? We don't need to have an answer for that right now. It's just something that I'm keeping my eye on and I'm thinking about. Dad, what are you thinking about in this one? Anything anything make you think on offense that you're kind of just keeping an eye out for? Well, so we you wanted a little bit on a more positive. So Love was only pressured on four out of 30 dropbacks. And Montez Sweat, that we only had one pressure on the day. But in addition to that, Love had a pass rating of 118.8 when he was pressured. With three first downs on his three pass attempts. He, he got sacked once, and he got three passes off, and he was three so for three for three first downs. Freaking good in this game. I cannot get over how good he was in this game. He had, was it 80% like completion percentage, and the incompletions we already went over were not like... I mean, some of them could yeah. have been caught. I mean, the, the last drive of the game. I mean, let's just gush about Jordan Love's game. I mean... The last drive of the game, you know, you remember the read pass I'm talking to, uh, talking about, right? Where he's, it's third and two. They had gone, um, they had had the ball, you know, at their own five, I think, after a Jaden Reed field goal, or Jaden Reed fair catch. They go run play for negative two yards, or negative three yards. Negative three. And dump then off the, to Musgrave for, for like yep. eight yards, nine yards, something like that. Um, it was for 11. Oh, okay. But, to but it make wasn't it third enough and, for a first down. No, to make it third and two. And then... Just he have you seen the end zone angle of this throw to read? Do you know the have, do you remember what it looks I, like? I don't he, know if you've seen the end zone angle, the but end zone oh, angle I have is, where he's coming to where he sees there's actually one guy clearing and then Reed comes across and he's the way laying it there he, before Reed is even coming coming around. The way he just he torques his arm like around essentially a rusher coming into his face and just lays it. Perfect. And then Reed takes a shot. Shout out to Reed for holding on to that ball. Because, you know, if they have to punt there at their own 14, I mean, Chicago's yeah. offense hadn't been doing much, but you're you're giving them a chance to win the game there. You'd be giving them to him most likely at midfield. Yeah. And then the one to Kraft as he's sprinting out right. 
third, or I think Ross Uglin put this best. Third and eight, a first down gets you to the playoffs. And he goes and sprints away from pressure, throws across his body perfectly into Kraft's arms. I mean, you just, it's, it was so good. Um, but, Dad, let's move on to the defense in this game. Uh, we've talked a lot about love. Anything else you wanted to add on the offense, though, before we move on to the defense? Um, Any other love throws you want to gush about? Oh, here, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk we, we just keep talking about it. Um, some other throws that I thought really stood out in this game. We talked about, you know, the Reed hole shot. We talked about the one that he layered over. Um, you said you thought it was to Melton. I thought it was to Wicks. I could totally I be wrong. Think it's Melton, um, um, but it was and it, and it was and I was checking the numbers of who 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 he beat with it, and it was Gordon. And um, we could also be thinking quarter. about different plays as well. It could be we're um, talking about two different plays. I had, I was having this discussion earlier uh, when we were talking about the game about which play I was talking about, whether it's the same play that you were talking about. Yeah, and then you know the Wicks the Wicks touchdown, which you said made you nervous. I was like, wow, what a throw! The one where he like hops off well, his back I, I, foot. You, know, you could see it a little it bit up. better from the end zone where you can see do you, how do you agree Wicks is, now that it was an well, awesome throw it was also an awesome route yes, yes by by wicks where what he, he gets so open when he's first releasing it but when i okay. first saw it i didn't know i couldn't see how far Quite the, how open the defenders were from it yeah and then i mean there's a there's a bunch of other ones in this game i mean what a fun what a fun game to watch Honestly, though, the Bo Melton one. This did he this, take? this this could be a this could go in the rewatch. Oh, this games is to rewatch category. Rewatch. This is definitely in the games to rewatch category. Um, but Dad, we've you know we've strayed off the the beaten path. We've we've gotten away from our numbers and our data. We've just gotten to fully emotional oh, mode. I, I only could shout out the 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 pass blocking a little bit where it was their second best pass blocking game of the year by PFF in terms grade. Of that is PFF grade. Okay, and yeah, it did um, not. Like you know, you, said, you, know only... you know, game, you know what game is behind. Oh, uh, so PFF pass blocking grade. I'm going to guess Bears week one. Yes. I was going to say, I don't think they even touched him in the first week. Cause they, they, but, they're, but they're very close. 85.3 to 84.8. Wow, it's a good thing and, they had Montez Sweat in this game. It changed everything. <laughs> everything was so different when they added Montez Sweat. But so, he is a good player, and it was a good addition by them. I'm just, I, you know. If you win, yeah, you I did talk a little smack. I, I, at first, I thought, oh, maybe this is such a good idea. But then, and they, but did sign to long term. I was like, oh, they've completely turned their defense around after it was one of the worst in the league in the beginning of the, of the year. Now they're actually good. It's because yeah, the I, difference I did, between. I didn't like that. It's because the difference between having no pass rushers and having one like pretty good to like very good pass rusher, that like the chasm between what they had and what they got was massive. Um, but, Dad, let's move on to the defense. We're already getting a little long on time, although, you know. If you're going to go long on a podcast, might as well be the one where you make the playoffs. After a here. playoff clinching win. Yeah, and you know, Packers, we didn't get a chance to say this, but you know, youngest team since 78 to make the playoffs. Third youngest team ever by weighted like number of snaps. Uh, like in terms of like like weighted by how much each player is contributing to the team like by snap age number. time snap. Yeah, it was uh, the third youngest and the youngest since 1977. Um, you know, Youngest team in the league, cheapest offense in the league. Um, all this without their starting left tackle. All this without Christian Watson almost the whole year, and without Aaron Jones almost the whole year. And you're dropping games to the Raiders and the and the Broncos and the Vikings with like no Justin Jefferson in consecutive weeks with a bye week in there. And you got me on this podcast saying this is one of the worst coach teams I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I mean, the fact that they turned this around. What, did you, what was it you said after that stretch against the Broncos and the Raiders? Like, I, I I'm not like, sure. How how are we what, not like? How are we the teams, worst? Are we the worst team in the league now? Well, I was, uh, my 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 point was like, how many teams don't win a game in that stretch? But hey, I'm the sucker, or I'm not the sucker. I'm the. I'm winning out of this one. That I, I hey, I stay winning either way. But the, my point of the matter is that you know they turned it around. Coaching staff deserves all their flowers. This team is only one of four teams in the league without a Pro Bowler. The other ones are Washington, New England, and Carolina. And you can look at where they are in the <laughs> and standings. Yet, probably not a single vote for Lafleur for Coach of the Year. And I'm not even it's like, seeing what any- is it? We have we 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 have. No good players, or we have you know, we don't have a good coach. You know, it, I don't the, know. These... Doesn't make sense. And we're not going to get executive of the year either. Apparently, apparently that's also not one that we're favored to get at all. I don't really understand. Whatever. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't. Um, yeah, we couldn't have had good uh, drafts. We're starting made the playoffs with a bunch of first and second year players. The thing is, though, you do look at the numbers, and I'm like, I was thinking, I was like, who would even make the Pro Bowl? Like from this team, 
Just because a lot of the best players have missed time or like their numbers aren't super impressive. Right. I think the only one that probably should have as an alternate, at least, is Jordan Love. Is Love. Love should have made it. Or as an alternate, Um, at least. Because you had, you know, Gary, very limited snap count in the beginning of the year. So he didn't rack up a lot of numbers. Yep. And you had... Jones um, missed most of the year. Jones missed a big chunk of the year. Watson missed... And then the receivers basically... The, the pass has been so spread, spread out, out amongst like six players. Exactly. Everybody's contributing, so nobody's racking up big stats. Yeah, and, and then on defense, Bakhtiari Jair had a down year. Bakhtiari was out. out. Elton, you know, had a fine year, but if you're a left guard on like a 500 team, no one's really going to notice or care. Uh, but yeah, so I was looking at it, I was like, honestly, like, I don't know who would make the Pro Bowl besides Gary, maybe, but like he missed maybe a good Kenny. stretch. Maybe Kenny. I think Kenny's maybe the one that got, you know, the least... Like I think he had a, yeah. I think a career high in in sacks. Oh goodness, we're gonna have to we're gonna look at all of this in the off season when we talk about it. But yeah, let's since we're talking about Kenny, let's talk about the defense and let's talk about the interior of this defensive line. But before we do that, some things that they're saying. Uh, quick quote from Preston Smith. Um, quote: Joe B has been dialing it up. He gets a lot of hell in the media, but we've come together. We play for Joe B. That's Joe Barry. Um, you know, shout out Joe Barry in this game and in the Vikings game. Um, they had. You know, I really liked, I think my big positive is since we're getting into good things for the defense, is they were way more aggressive. Um, according to PFF, uh, they sent Quay Walker two times and Devondre Campbell two times against true pass sets. So, like, actually sending them as pass rushers. Uh, Walker ended up with a pressure and a sack on such plays, and Campbell had two pressures. Uh, that's back-to-back weeks for PFF of sending Walker uh, multiple times as a blitzer just on, you know, true passing downs. They did it against Jaron Hall, and they did it against Justin Fields um, to great success. Um, and this is something we talked about in the pregame, dad, you highlighted this, but Justin Fields was the 24th ranked quarterback in the league in terms of like the difference in his rating from when he was not blitzed to when he was blitzed. And they took advantage of that. And so I would say, you know, shout out Joe Barry, tip of the cap. We criticize him when things go poorly, like in that Carolina game. I still don't necessarily think he should be the defensive coordinator going forward next year, but these last two games, he's done a good job. And so we're going to credit him when he does that. Um, I thought they contained Fields as a runner very well. Uh, is there anything you wanted to add about that aggressive nature that they were uh, aggressive approach they were taking on defense? Or yeah, and they were the the front was getting home a lot. You're in the backfield a lot, both on pass and run plays, running a lot oh, of the stunts. Interior line was great. Yeah, and I wish it's the kind of thing that you wish they would do more of in games against what you consider to be inferior opponents. Take it to them. Not just like hang back and and uh, hope they make a mistake. Yeah, and that I think has often been. It doesn't it seem like we do better against good quarterbacks than bad ones. We talked about this in the year. <laughs> like we're just the the doppelganger imitating whoever's looking in the mirror. I wonder if it's like a lack of you know blitzes that is the reason for that because you can't really blitz the really good quarterbacks. They will just destroy you, and you can blitz the like bad ones who will just sit back there and pat the ball. And so maybe the fact that we just never blitzed was just like, maybe that was the weather vane or however you want to say it. I don't know if that's the right coin of phrase. But barometer. Barometer, I guess. Um, but beyond that, though, I thought the defense played really well. Like you said, interior pass rush. Uh, Wyatt had four pressures in a sack on just 10 pass rush snaps. Carl Brooks had three pressures in a sack on just 10, ru- 10 pass rush snaps. That's per- those are both per PFF. Uh, he was also, Carl Brooks, that is, the highest graded defender for um, uh, PFF for the Packers on the day. Kenny, like you said, had five pressures in a sack. Um, great day from the interior pass rush. I mean, they were just getting after. I mean, the, the Bears, you know, had a backup center in, in this game, and then their right guard got knocked out. Packers took full advantage of it, and they were even smoking their left guard, uh, Tevin Jenkins, who's a starter as well. Um, oh, Justin who Fields, was it? Who was who was beating him? I, I, Carl Wyatt Brooks beat him bad. Carl Brooks beat him Brooks bad. Beat so him bad. Wyatt. They both beat him really bad. Yeah. Carl Brooks was the one. It was the last play of the game that the Bears had on offense. Carl Brooks just rips through his hands, sacks him, and the Bears never got the ball back. It was incredible. And then uh, they contained Fields as a runner very well. He came into this game leading the league in terms of yards per game, averaging over 52 rushing yards per game. Um, leading the league amongst quarterbacks, that is. Um, and then today, only eight carries for 27 yards with a large, uh, with a long of seven yards. Excellent performance from all 11 guys. I thought they tackled mostly pretty well. Um, you know, a couple times where they didn't, but I think just overall to hold them only nine points, um, there are definitely some negatives we can talk about from the defense, but I think, you know, mostly a, a pretty decent day, a pretty good day. Yeah, so I had 
that they, they only gave up 4.2 yards per play, a number that would lead the league. On the season, the Jets led the league at 4.6 yards per play. That's a good and the Bears came in averaging five yards, well, finished the year averaging five yards per play, and they just averaged six yards per play in their previous game. The defensive front was fantastic getting the field, backfield, run play, or pass play. They had like 10 negative plays for the Bears offense. Mm-hmm. I think like five sacks and five tackles for a loss or... Yeah, I mean, uh, we talked about the interior, but the edge guys were playing the run quite well. Preston looked good. Yes, um, I have. Barre had I, some good yeah. moments. Lucas Van Ness had some good moments. Sorry, I'm st- I'm I'm raining yeah. on your parade. I'm stealing your thunder because <laughs> I have. They had their fifth best run defense grade on the year, and on the run plays, both Gary and and Egbare at the edge had negative average depth of tackle, meaning their average tackle and run plays was in the Bears' backfield. Yeah, um, you're not very many um, run play tackles, but. Um, eleven of the Barre, twenty-five run, eleven of the just, twenty-five run plays. If I can just say one thing, and you know, he did the same thing twice. I don't know why they weren't ready for it, and I don't know if maybe Fields because it was two like boot. I think options where you mean what Gary did coming no, in from Inigba- the offensive it was right Inigbare. or it was Inigbare. Was Inigbare. Yes, um, where it looks like maybe you know Fields had the option to keep it and boot out with it if he wanted to, and he didn't either time. And Inigbari just crashes in and just rips him down in the backfield, to, like for negative uh, two yards one time and negative one yard once, or the other time. And I was just like, I, and he did actually, I think, a pretty decent job of not crashing down immediately, and you know, at least making it so he could possibly play the keeper aspect React. if if uh, Fields had chosen to keep it. But yeah, no. So I thought a really nice game from Enigbare and Gary playing the run. You know, Gary got yeah. sucked in a couple times, but it is what it is. Um, and then sorry, of, the, of the 25 run plays, 11 of them ended in solo tackles by the defensive front with oh, an average fun. depth of tackle on those of only 1.5, one and a half nice. yards. I like that. Which is like really nice to see. Yeah. Um, I like and I think there's in... maybe just one missed tackle on those run plays. I like and that. And only average like singular... three yards per carry. I like that single, like solitary tackle by a defensive lineman because you know that's the D lineman getting off their block and not having to clear the way you know for the linebackers, not just having to eat blocks. Like they're getting upfield and making plays. And I think there were a couple times where they maybe got upfield a little too aggressively and you know got ran by, and that's happened in the past too. But I think in this game they did a really good job of hitting that happy medium. Yeah, and so they overall they defended the run. I I felt like one of their best of the year. Just the way it looked, the way they were able to, and the Bears being a run-heavy team, relying on both a running quarterback and um, run. I think their run offense has actually been been quite good lately, and mm-hmm. and the, the also the D line edge players had were able to every D line or edge player except for Slayton and Wooden had a had a pressure, and Fields was pressured on fifteen of his twenty four dropbacks. Oh man! So over fifty percent. Goodness. And, and with Clark leading the way with five pressures, including a sack. Do you think? I'm going to pop this on you. O-line playing bad? Him holding the ball too much? Or combination? I did not feel like he was back there patting the ball that much. Okay. I was just watching. What you thought. Just thinking how I felt at the time that he's just back there patting the ball. I think there were some uh, um, several times where the, the, the offensive line got beat pretty quickly. So mm-hmm. is that we were so good or they were so bad? Or, you know, little column A, little column B? Little column A, little column B. I mean, we're playing against, you know, their O-line isn't great to begin with. And then two backups along the O-line is, it's, that's tough, tough sliding for any team. Um, there were some negatives, though, or anything else you wanted to add on the positive side. Uh, I thought Lucas Van Ness looked good. I thought Carrington Valentine should have had a pick, but, you know, he got back and got that PBU. Um, but, no, yeah, I thought Yes, and I think day. somebody even made a comment on the broadcast about that's why he's on defense. That is why he's on defense. Uh, for me, though, bad things. Um, you mentioned, and I thought the yards per play was actually very interesting, and that was not a stat that I realized. I did think that they let him move the ball maybe a little too easily for large stretches of the game. Like like we talked about how... Oh, I, I few, have a note on this too as we well. We talked about so. how few possessions there were in this game, and that was, part of it was, you know, the Packers were driving the ball like pretty much at will a lot of the game, but the Bears were having a really good time driving the ball too. And I want to, you know, be fair to the Packers defense. They were often stuck with poor field position. And we'll talk about the special teams later um, and their ability to, you know, hold down after, you know, that fumble and keep them to a field goal, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, some really good field position off of kicks uh, for the Bears. Um, 
but they let them move the ball on surface. You know, 192 total yards is awesome. Um, but only six drives and it was a really fast game. Um, the bears came into this game, averaging around 29 yards per drive, which would rank around 22nd in the league. And in this game, they averaged 32, which doesn't feel like a lot, but that would be 12th in the league. So very far above their average. And they got to at least the green Bay 26 yard line on three of their six drives. And the reason oh. I said 26 is because, you know, 25 is red zone, but 26 might as well be red zone. So I figured I'd include that too. But yeah, so they were getting deep into Green Bay territory quite a bit, which is just not quite what you want to see because it's not like the Chicago offense is particularly formidable. But um, hard to be too mad in a day where you only give up nine points. But I just figured I'd add that in there because it yeah. wasn't like a phenomenal day from the defense. They had a lot of negative plays forced, which I think was like, that was the exciting part. They forced a lot of negative plays, but they did let, you know, the Bears. They, do you know what the buzzword is of the fantasy season is matriculate? They let the Bears matriculate the ball down the field. <laughs> I quite l- a bit. Yeah. Are they enrolling in college? But the, uh, I had kind of a similar thing that I felt like they had a slow start to each of their defensive possessions. Chicago got into Green Bay territory on all six of their possessions. Yeah. Yeah. So they ne- they didn't just sh- they never had a possession where the defense just shut them down entirely. It was more like after um, Chicago started advancing well, then then Green Bay would make some big plays in high leverage situations, like a sack on third down or back to back sacks to Which, set them set them up. Not to rain on anyone's parade, but that's been the problem. That's been the defense the whole year. This is not a new thing. They they will let you just move the ball, and then they rely on these big splash negative plays, and it's not sustainable. Yep. But we're not going to worry about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you whispered. Audience, could you hear that he was whispering that? It's 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 fine. It's fine. It's only one game. It's all that matters is we you know, we made the playoffs and, and we'll see what happens from here. But you know, we made the playoffs, which is fun. Yep. So that was what I had for my, my negative really was that uh basically it wasn't just a slow start to the game, it was a slow start to every single possession on defense. And then they would start making plays. Um after they advanced it like twenty, thirty yards down the field or more. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. But then moving on to things that made us think. Oh, yeah. Um, I, have a, I have a fun one. Do you have a fun one? Well, so I said, Jair had his second best passer rating against of the season after having a week a week of uh, vacation. I, I really his, do his, think his, he was just, I don't think he was 100% for that Carolina game at all. I, I don't think yeah. he was really healthy enough to play. I think and he just is, wanted to play because it was a hometown game. But I think if it was anywhere else, he would not have played that week. He needed like another week or two. And I think we saw it in this. I mean, it's not the toughest competition. I mean, DJ Moore's yeah. a very good player, but I still think he was, he clearly looked more physically ready in this game, in my opinion. Yeah. The only, the only week where he was better in, in pass rating against was week one against Chicago. And then he had his third best yards per coverage snap, yards per snap mm-hmm. on the season behind that week one against Chicago and the Raiders game. So by a couple of metrics, this is one of his better games of the year. No, yeah. So maybe this would be good, a sign of good things for the playoffs. Just has to hold up for the next four weeks of playoffs. Yeah, and uh, and hold up through four weeks. You know, win the Super Bowl, not just make it. Um, clearly, those are the that is the goal now, and the expectation is they're just going to steam through. Uh, the thing that made me think, though, um, just you know, a question: Is this more aggressive play style on defense? You know, where there we talked about back to back weeks of blitzing Quay Walker multiple times just on regular passing downs. Is it a product of playing Jaron Hall and Justin Fields? Or do you think they're going to be more aggressive going forward? Just is that here to stay? I'm kind of hoping uh, it's the second. I'm hoping that they will stay more aggressive. You know, obviously not blitz with reckless abandon against quarterbacks that are going to kill you. I don't think it would, this, this game plan I don't think would work against Dak Prescott, for instance. But I do think, you know, Quay Walker, some of his best traits, you know, really pop off the screen when he is asked to be closer to the line of scrimmage and be coming downhill. And I think he works really well as a blitzer. And I think in order to get the most out of him, they should utilize him more like that. And they've done it the last two weeks, which has been nice. Um, You know what Andy Herman's theory is? Uh, He was talking about this on Packaday. Do you see this? I think I missed this. He is wondering if the more aggressive nature on defense is just LaFleur and that Matt LaFleur is just taking, like going way more hands-on on defense and is practically calling the defense and is like, hey, we got to be more, or maybe not practically calling the defense. Maybe that's a step too far. I don't want to like put words in Andy Herman's mouth, but just he he was uh, hypothesizing whether or not, you know, maybe a lot of that more aggressive style of play is a mandate from LaFleur, which, you know, these are just things to think about. Um, 
But let's move on, Dad. Let's wrap things up. We're getting a little long. Special teams. Woof. Not great. Uh, not great at all. Um, you know, the field goal operation. Carlson missed that 41-yarder. I didn't think the snap was very good either. Um, the whole operation was bad. Uh, Carlson, I mean, the kick coverage. Chicago, you know, had essentially four um, kick return kick return opportunities, kick returns. Um, they started at the 31-yard line, the 34-yard line, the 22-yard line, and the 32-yard line. So excellent field position on almost all of those. And on the one that got to the 34-yard line, we only kicked it to the 10-yard line. Why? Yeah, we, Why did we... we gave, did, that can't have been on purpose, right? I don't know what happened to that one. Yeah, either. It looked weird. And they gave up 28 yards per, per return. Yeah. Which and, isn't good either. And it's not like Phyllis Jones is like, he's good. He's a fine kick returner. But it's not Devin Hester back there. Like, it's not... Yeah, I, I, that was that was bad. Um, like we said, that missed field goal. I do like that Carlson, you know, bounces back when he misses them and he's able to make the next one. But what is it? Four straight games, five straight games with a missed kick. That's that that's now? not tenable. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's something like that. I heard on the, the I heard on uh, another podcast. I can't remember which one, but I, I think it's like four or five straight with a, a missed kick. And you just can't live like that. And I don't think it's all on him. Um, you know, there have been bad snaps in there by, you know, uh, long snapper Matt Orzek, who was paid to come in here, paid good money. And I don't think he's been better than, I mean, he's been better than Hunter Bradley, but you're paying for a bigger jump than that. Um, so I don't I don't really know. You know, shout out Whelan for holding well. He didn't have to punt in this game. Whelan, you get a pass. You're cool. Jaden yeah, Reed. No, no punts. No punt. Jaden Reed, you fielded all your punts. Um, but no, yeah, the, the special teams is a disaster. Um, the only thing saving, I want, I wonder if, you know, the defense starts playing well enough that everyone starts looking at Rich Passaccia, like, so you're the bad coordinator. Mm. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's just my thoughts on the special teams. Dad, did you have anything else you wanted to add there? Should we wrap things up? That was, that was pretty much it. You know, they think things just, it's just some bad execution. And and Chicago was looking out like doinking one through the upri- I can't believe the they doinked one through the uprights. I mean, this game had like everything that you that in the in the first half. I was like, this is how you lose a stupid game like this. Like you miss a forty-one yarder, they bank a kick in, you don't get a kick off at the end of the half. Like I was like, this is how you. F-, and then in the second, I was like, you fumble when you're clearly driving. It's only a one score game. Like, what are we? What are we doing? Um, but no, yeah, I it was, so uh, much wanted stressful. to get that up to two scores. I was, I was so <laughs> tired of it. being up by only a touchdown and a, and a two point conversion. Yeah, no, but uh, you know, thankfully everyone stepped up there at the end, and it all worked out. And the Packers oh, are in the playoffs. You know how much I loved the fact that we did not we have didn't to get give- the ball back. Thank that goodness. the Bears never got the ball back. Oh, that was Thank like goodness. heaven. Yes, I was. I was honestly still like, even after Kraft had that catch, I was like, you know, thirty seconds. They can still get it with thirty it's seconds. Nothing. It's not nothing. I, 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 right, I wanted. I, I wasn't when you said like they clinched it with that Kraft first. I was like, yeah. I didn't really feel completely like they had until until um, Jones literally until Jones's first down. They just kneel it, it out. Was actually, like, over. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree. But um, yeah, a really fun game as we wrap up here. Um, Packers making the playoffs. Dad, who is your player of the game in this one? Oh, Jordan it's got to be Jordan Love. It's got Jordan Love. It's got to be Jordan Love. Man, other the guy is could be just is looking like one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. The only other person it could be, you know, honorable mention Aaron Jones. Great game yeah. from him as well. Um, yeah. Honorable mention Aaron Jones. Yeah, but no, it's got to be Jordan Love. But Dad, what a fun freaking game we got to watch. Like, I mean, what a time. Packers making the playoffs at nine and eight. They are your seventh seed. They will be traveling to Dallas at four thirty Eastern time on Sunday. Very exciting game coming up in you know in Dallas in Jerry World. We will be coming to you with a pregame for that later in this week. We'll be giving you the scouting report on the Cowboys, telling you everything you need to know for that game. If you like what you heard here today, come give us a follow on Twitter at Father Son Packer. We tweet out when we have new episodes out, uh, stats that we find when we're researching for these episodes, articles we find interesting by other content creators, and, and videos we find interesting, uh, pieces of Packers news like roster moves and injury reports. One-stop shopping for everything Titletown, so come give us a follow there, once again, at Father Son Packer. And then subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. 
Uh, we even put all our episodes out on YouTube as well. If you want to check them out there, if you subscribe to us there, it would really help our numbers. So yeah, thanks so much for listening. Dad, anything else you want to add on? Packers make the playoffs. Packers make the playoffs. And, you know, we get to play at free football. Jerry World again. We get to play more football. Yeah. at Jerry, Another playoff game at Jerry World. The last time that happened, it, it, it went mean, well. It, it did go. It went quite well. But anyway, thank you again so much for listening. We'll be here later this week giving you that pregame and scouting report. And until next time, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.